chastising and then cursing Jaya Vijay, which is very appropriate to today's Lord Vishnu Day Appearance Day because, as we see, uh, Lord Vishnu, and, uh, there was this altercation at the gates of Vaikuntha, uh, and the Lord appeared there and to adjudicate the event. And he affirmed that he approved of the curse of, of uh, the giant Vijay written for Kumaras. They were given a choice. Okay, you have to take birth in the material world. You can either become seven times as devotees or three times as demons. So they chose three times as demons. Why did they choose three times as demons? Not because they didn't like the material world. Seven times, forget it. Three times, okay, see what we can do about that. So they came, chose three times, and the Lord approved of this because, of course, everything was foretold, everything was known previously. So the Lord knows that he's going to be engaged in fighting with these demons. This is part of his uh, secondary losses that he loves to fight chivalry and different, you know, anger, all these different secondary rasas the Lord likes to be engaged in. So Jain Vijay in, uh, in this instance came or took, he became he incarnated as Lord Rasimhadev and Hiranyakshan Hirani Kashapu. I'm sorry, Hiranyakshan Hirani Kashapu and Lord Rasimhadev came to protect his devotee for Lam. So it's a very instructive um, pastime because we see how A, the Lord protects his devotees and he comes in whatever way is, is necessary to protect his devotee. We also see how the devotee, Lord Pramad uh, Maharaj, is so steadfast and true, always glorifying the Lord. Overcoming all difficulties and all obstacles, never flinching. And we see how the Lord likes to fight with his uh, demon counterparts who try to uh, inflict harm to the bodies. So it's a very wonderful pastime. And the prayers of Pramad Maharaj after Lord Machine Day killed Hirani Kashapur, some of Prophet's most famous or most favorite prayers. So, anyway, I have, I have some notes here if I can. So, Lord Machine Day's main function is to protect the devotees. That's his mercy, to protect the devotees. So, as Sudarshan Chakra, as Sudarshan Chakra came to protect Amrish Maharaj and, and hunt down Durvasamuni, uh, who had committed an offense, so that chakra was also like Lord Rasimhadeva himself. And the same chakra killed Sishupal. Sishupal also offended the Lord with the Rajasuriya sacrifice.
steps. I'm not even saying what he said, but it was great. I didn't say But Krishna wasn't disturbed. He just said, okay, here's my chapter at home. Sliced his head right off. One, two, three. But then Sushupal went back to Kathmandu. So Sushupal and Dantavakra were also giant Vijay here taking birth. So they came three times. There's three demoniac brothers, and the third was Ramana and Kumbhakarna. Right? Ramana and Kumbhakarna? Yeah. So, so there's no real difference, actually, between chakra, Sputasana chakra, and Lord Vasudeva because they perform the same functions, protecting the devotees and annihilating the demons. Now, all the paraphernalia or weapons in the hands of Krishna manifest as his Vishnu incarnations. So, it's not that Krishna in Vrindavan is manifesting these, but it's Lord Vishnu himself from Vaikuntha that's manifesting the, this uh, aspect of protecting the devotees and killing the demons. So if there are any difficulties or problems given by the demons to the devotees, then we call upon Lord Vishnu. He will come and he will save us. You know, my wife and I have travel all over the world. Every time we sit in a plane, we chant, Namaste, Every time, you know, we protected by the Lord Vishnu. You never know what's going to happen, and we're always protected. So, <clears throat> the Vaishnavas have a very special consideration regarding their sin Generally, we don't worship many other incarnations of the Lord, just like this Das Avatar. We don't really worship the other incarnations, but Lord Vishnu Dev, we do. Lord Vishnu Dev is on our altar, we chant prayers to him every day. So, he's a little different than the other incarnations that we don't give daily uh, recognition to in our prayers. So like Kurma Rupa, Malana Rupa, or Kalki, we don't really worship these incarnations. They're not paramount for the Vaishnavas, whereas the Shinidev is. <coughs> so, Prahat <coughs> Maharaj, refused to accept a boon from Lord Vishnudev. Lord Vishnudev was going to offer whatever boon he wanted. Sivad Maharaj went through so many difficulties and he never forgot the Lord. And the Lord always protected him and always saved him. But he, he said, no, I don't want any boon for myself. But if you, if you want to give a boon, just give a boon that all these fools and rascals will be saved. So this is the real Vaishnava mood. Das, 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 under das. We're really concerned with helping the others advance in Krishna consciousness. Because we have compassion, but also empathy. Prabhupada explained what empathy was one time very nicely. He says, if you if, I, if you prick your finger, only you will feel it. But one who has empathy, you prick your finger, they also feel it. 
they feel your pain. So that's empathy as compared to compassion. So, <coughs> generally, <coughs> is it, when do we take prasad? When do we break the fast in this temple? At noon or at dusk? Uh, at dusk. So generally that's what happens because Lord Nishtimine appears at, at, at dusk as, as she not during the day and not during the night, but mid-range, the sandhya between day and night. So there were many, the many boons that Rani Kashapu had requested from Lord Brahma that he would not be killed. And yet Shini Dev satisfied all of his boons and yet came and killed him, not during the day, not during the night, not inside or outside, but right in, in the doorway. Not by any weapon, by his nails. Not by any man or any animal, but half man, half animal. Okay. So it's a very wonderful pastime. So we perform this austerity of fasting until dusk. And we do this uh, on behalf of Lord Sunita to attract his mercy, to let him know that we have some feeling and some honor and respect for him and we're willing to undergo some small difficulty of fasting until dusk in order, to, in order to honor and glorify him. So our small austerity compared to Prahlad Maharaj's austerity is not even austerity. It's just something that you do. So you shouldn't even think of it as an austerity. So these austerities are similar to the austerities that are performed by the great sages, by the yogis, by the acharyas. So all of our acharyas, all the great saints, sages in our mind, they all perform this fast until that's the we're doing the same thing. We're behaving and following in the footsteps of the great acharyas. And then that's what distinguishes the devotees from the common, ordinary people, that we behave like the self-realized souls. We may not be self-realized souls. We're not at the level of the acharyas, but we behave in a similar way. We follow the same uh, path, perform similar austerities, offer our worship in the same way, chant the holy names of the Lord, and, uh, and share this mercy with everyone else. So I mean, that way, we behave as if we were acharyas. We may not consider ourselves acharyas, but we follow in the footsteps to behave that way. So, So at the Rajasuri sacrifice, we had not everyone was glorifying uh, Yudhisthira or Krishna. And Sishupal was an example. And he stood up in front of the entire assembly and blasphemed Sri Krishna. Sri Krishna is so humble that the Rajasuri sacrifice, he took the position of washing the feet of the guests as 
We worshiped that to the Shane Day Shiva for many years. And then one day, or one morning, I should say, he woke up and that Shiva had manifested into the Lord Shane Day deity, the Yoga Nishringa in Padmasana. So you can go to that place, Mount Pote, and the Pujaris there are very wonderful. My wife and I went there. And there are other pilgrims, of course. So when they saw us, the Pujaris, they said, you just wait here, let the others pass by. So we waited and the others passed by. And when they had gone, the Pujaris called us in and let us go right into the Sanctum Sanctorum, right in front of Yogi Yosemite. It was amazing. They showed us so much honor and respect. And <laughs> us. It was the first time we ever did that. But maybe that was just the mercy of Lord Hashemite. Come, my dear devotees, let me give you something. So we visited many Hashemite temples in, in that area of South India, Karnataka and Andhra Pradesh. That's where most of them are. And there's some amazing Lord Hashemite temples there. Another one we went to, uh, well, let's be finished this with the Melkotik one first. So, Many years, thousands of years after Pallad Maharaj, hundreds of thousands of years after Pallad Maharaj was there, and the Yogi Mishra was established. Also, Ramanuja Acharya came there. Ramanuja Acharya was preaching Vishnu Tattva and getting everyone to become Vaishnavas, but they, the, the Shiva worshippers, the Shaktas, they didn't really appreciate that. And believe it or not, a price was put on Ramanuja's head. You believe? So that was over a thousand years ago. So things haven't changed much. <laughs> so he had to leave. He, he grew up in Kanchipur, and then later he lived in Sri Lanka. But he had to leave Tamil Nadu's state, flee for his life, and he went to Melkote. And he stayed in that same place. He sat in that same place that Pallad Maharaj sat and worshipped Lord Vishnudevas and Lord Vishnudeva uh, Shiva. He, he stayed there for 12 years. And then he, <clears throat> and then he returned to Sri Ranga. And then his mission really took off. Now, at the bottom of, the, of that gigantic hill is a huge kun. It's called Baraha Kund. And what happened there was that when, <clears throat> when the uh, Bhumandala fell into the Gangodak Ocean, then Lord Baraha, you know, he was fighting Hiranyaksha, um, the brother of Hiranyaksha, who defeated him. So Bhumandala fell into the Gangodak Ocean. And so he, as a boar, he took that Bhumandala on his tusks and reestablished it in the Jagat, within the universe. And while he was doing that, some drops of water from the Gargodak Ocean that were on his body fell to our earthly plane. And, that became, and those two drops became this Kun, Brahma Kun. So you take bath in Brahma Kun, you take a bath in the water of the Garmodak Ocean, which is the perspiration 
of Gurbadakshari Vishnu. So that's another far out amazing thing, Yamaka Day. So one is the Lord Vishnu Day, self-manifested Yogamashriya deity in Padmasana. Second is the Varaha Kun. And the third thing is this thing, that during the during the uh, Battle of Kurukshetra, Balram decided that he wouldn't get involved. He had a relationship with Duryodhana, even though we don't like Duryodhana, Balram had a relationship with him. And so he also had a relationship with the Pandavas, so he didn't want to get involved. So he said to Krishna, okay, you want to get involved? You do it. I, I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be involved in this thing at all. So he went up to the Purikrama, and if you look in the Krishna book and in the Srimad Bhagavatam, you see many places are mentioned that he went up to the Purikrama in South India while the Battle of Kurukshetra was going on in North India. So one of the places he came to was Melkote. <coughs> so <coughs> it doesn't say directly he took his bath in, in Varaha Kun, but I'm sure he did. Doesn't say directly he went up to take darshan of Yashimide, but I'm sure he did. But one thing it does say, and we know for certain, he loved that place so much that he said, Krishna should have a murti here. Krishna should be worshipped here. Lord Yashimide is worshipped here. Varaha is worshipped here. We need to worship Krishna because Ishwara Parama Krishna Satchitananda Vigraha, he is the controller of all controllers, he is the source of all inclinations. He's the cause of all causes, therefore he should also be here. So he went back to Dwarka and brought a granite, black granite deity of Krishna and established it in Malkuti. So it's a really amazing place. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, you're at day. He appeared to glorify his devotee, to show how he protects his devotee, to annihilate the miscreants, and we should be taking shelter of him as we do. And we glorify him by singing the Lord of Sunday prayers. We beg for his mercy. Whenever we go flying in a plane or driving in a car, you know, uh, uh, Dina Bandhu, for example, he does Vrindavan Parikrama twice a year during Kartik and during Falgun. And so every time you go out of Parikrama with Dina Bandhu, so the first time, once the car starts driving, Namaste, Narasimha. So we're always glorifying Lord Vasumi Day. And he's so happy to receive our prayers and to protect us. So we shouldn't have any doubt that we should be protected. So I mentioned this briefly the other day that one of the principles of surrender is that we should always feel ourselves protected by the Lord. And we should feel ourselves protected by the Lord because we don't have any doubts that the Lord Vishnu Day will protect us. If we don't feel that we're always protected by the Lord, and that could be conceived of as an insult to Lord Vishnu that we don't trust that he will protect us. 
I'm not 100% sure. But what kind of glorification is that? What kind of faith is that? So therefore, we should be 100% convinced that we're always protected. <coughs> and that's pleasing to him, because he can always protect us in every situation, and he will protect us in every situation. And he knows better than us what is best for our advancement in Krishna consciousness. Confirmed. So sometimes we may not understand how the Lord is protecting us, but we should have full faith that He is protecting us. And this is the whole internal essence of the Bhagavad Gita. It's teaching us how to have complete faith in the Lord. Because even Arjuna lost a little faith and had doubts. Well, you know, it's very interesting. Arjuna presented very strong arguments to Krishna. He said, if we engage in this war, it's going to be the cause of Adharma. The women will be left unprotected. There will be no husbands for them because all the men will be killed. There will be Varna Shankara. There will be unwanted population. Nothing good can come from this war. It will be completely Adharma. Therefore, I don't want to fight, because if I fight, it will be the cause of our dharma. And if we look through history, we can see that what Arjuna said was correct. It did happen. Everything he said happened. But then Krishna has a different opinion. Arjuna says, if I fight, it will be the cause of our dharma. And Krishna says, if you don't fight, it will be the cause of our dharma. So here we have two opposing uh, philosophies to opposing arguments. So who was right? Well, Krishna is always right. He's saying, if you don't surrender to my will, then that is a dharma right there. So if you don't fight, that is a dharma, because I want this fight to go on. Just like here in Jaya and Vijay, um, Lord Vishnu approved of the curse. So, because he knows the future, past, present, and future, and he wants to engage in the Leela, the Rasa of fighting with the demons, Jayavijaya became very, very powerful demons. So, the cause of Adharma is not following in the footsteps of Krishna's instructions. So Arjuna was right, but Krishna was more right. Because what happened before Arjuna said it's correct, it's not because of the fight in Kurukshetra, it's because that people are not accepting and following the instructions of Krishna. That's why the cause of Adharma, if you don't follow my instruction, that's the cause of Adharma. Krishna makes it very clear right in the second chapter. So Arjuna asks many questions, there's many discussions, and then at the very end, Krishna says, so have you now understood? And Arjuna says, yes, now I have understood everything you have told me. Please instruct me and prepare to do everything that you tell me. So that is the Bhagavad Gita. And we can see the Pravan Maharaj, he fully understood and fully accepted exactly what the Lord wanted. 
and please Lord Vashemide by his unbelievable devotion. So, so that's the last point. Arjuna says, my dear Krishna, O infallible one, my illusion is now gone. I have regained my memory by your mercy. I am now firm and free from doubt and am prepared to act according to your instruction. So we really have to become free from doubt. So being fixed up, firm and fixed up in devotional service means being free from doubts. We're 100% convinced that we're protected by the Lord. Now, we have read the Gita, we've studied the Gita. It's the most confidential, holy discussion between the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his devotee Arjuna. And after Arjuna uh, proclaims to Krishna that now I am firm and fixed, free from doubt, please instruct me everything you tell me to do, I will do it without a second thought. And that's the end of the Gita. But there's a few verses after. So what happens afterwards? Right after that, guess who speaks? Sanjaya Uvacha, all of a sudden, Sanjaya appears. And Sanjaya says to Dhritarashtra, now I've heard this holy dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna that I've repeated to you. And he says, O king, as I repeatedly recall this wondrous and holy dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna, I take pleasure being thrilled at every moment. This is the result of Sanjaya hearing Krishna's instructions. He takes pleasure being thrilled at every moment. O King, as I remember the wonderful form of Lord Krishna, I am struck with wonder more and more, and I rejoice again and again. And so when I read that, I was thinking, I was comparing myself, how I reacted after studying Bhagavad Gita compared to Sanjaya. So Sanjaya is a very exalted, advanced devotee, free from doubt. I mean, here he says, so wonderful, thus I have heard the conversation of two great souls, Krishna and Arjuna, and so wonderful is that message that my hair is standing on end. My hair never stood on that. I was not rejoicing at every moment. I was not thrilled. I mean, I accepted it, I'm following. But this is how the real devotees have 100% confidence, zero doubt whatsoever. Pallad Maharaj was the same movie. So his worship of the Lord is where we're We all have our Ishtadev that aspect of the Lord that we worship the most. So but the real message is to be completely faithful, completely free from doubt, and 
Let's look at Kaban Maharaj. How free from doubt was he? All the things that Shri Rani imposed on him to try and kill him was unsuccessful. So finally, he arranged for Prahlad Maharaj to be brought to the top of a cliff and thrown off a cliff. And if you're falling down, the earth is coming up. You're going to get smashed at any second. And Prahlad Maharaj is just thinking, oh, Krishna's waiting to the last second to save. No doubt whatsoever. And then, So even though it looked dire circumstances, that maybe Lord Vishnu protected me and all, the Lord protected me in all these other situations, but now I'm just about to hit the earth and get smashed. No, he's going to save me at the last second. So this is complete faith. No doubt whatsoever. So as devotees, we have to learn this. We have to overcome our doubts, which are demons. And we can ask, just as Arjuna asked Krishna, called him Madhusudana, oh Madhusudana, because Krishna is the form of Madhusudana to kill the demons. So we can also ask Lord Vishnu, please slay these demons of doubts that are in my mind, that are in my heart. Because Arjuna clearly enunciates that the doubts are like demons. We don't need doubts. Doubts hinder us. Doubts work against us advancing in Krishna consciousness. And doubts keep our heart locked up in darkness and divine love doesn't manifest. So we want to slay these demons of doubt so that we have 100% full confidence of the love of the Lord. Prabhupada gave a nice example in this connection. He said that like a young infant, maybe four or five months old, you know, the father may be throwing the infant up and catching it. And the infant doesn't have any doubt whatsoever that my father's not going to catch me and I'm going to fall to the floor and get smashed. And he's smiling and laughing, and the father's smiling and laughing. So we should be like that. Like Prahlad Maharaj, smiling and happy. And the Lord is happy that we're smiling and happy. He's protecting us. And he's so happy to protect us. And we're so happy to be protected. It's a rasa. So this is what we learn from this pastime of Lord Vishnu Day and Prahlad Maharaj. <clears throat> and of course, I'm not qualified to speak on such topics. So I hope that whatever I have said, some benefits and I'm sure that you can add more other uh, topics uh, and qualities of the word for discussion. So let's not be able to open it up for discussion. That way, Krishna. You have a point? Yeah. Uh, sometimes the doubt is raised. What if Krishna doesn't appear to protect the world? I'm thinking of. Uh, 1991, September, when Leo uh, Fadini went down in a hail of bullets in Nigeria. So, why did Lord Trigger protect the dance? You're asking me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's this pastime. 
that, he, that he's referring to is our God sister. She was preaching in Liberia and in Africa and making African devotees. And there was a horrible dictator there at that time. And then the uh, devotees were preaching, but at a certain point, it was put, a stop was put to it. And the soldiers was it, came to, to harm the devotees. And this fearless lady, what was her name? Okay, so that that dictator himself came. Okay, he was there, but his soldiers were going to harm the devotees, and she became like a lion to defend the devotees. How dare you harm the devotees? Oh, she went to defend them, and she got shot. So he's saying, why didn't Lord Shiva protect her? <laughs> well, he did protect her but not in the way that you think that he would kill the demons and then the devotees dance early, giants in the day. But she gave her life on the battlefield to save the devotees. This is a glorious way to depart. Everybody knows this if you're a Kshatriya. The Brahmanas may not have that mood, but the Kshatriyas, they have that mood. So she had this Kshatriya mood about her because she went right on the battlefield preach in this country and then as soon as a devotee was about was seen to be harmed she immediately rose to protect that devotee she wasn't thinking i gotta protect myself she wants to protect the others so she offered her life in protection of others i mean that's a very advanced mood that she had and so the lord allowed her to express that advanced mood. And I'm sure, 100% positive, that she went back to Godhead because of that. So in this way, she did get the mercy of the Lord, but not the way we expected, or not the way we would assume the mercy of the Lord is exhibited. So this is a point that I kind of mentioned in the beginning, that how the Lord protects us. It may not be the way we think we should be protected. That he knows past, present, and future. And so the real protection is being taken out of the material world and reestablishing your eternal constitutional position. So that's the real protection. So Padini got the real protection. You know, back to home, back to Ghana. And she may gave up her material body, which we have to give up anyway. <laughs> so she gave it up. In, in, in her youth in, in, to protect the Vaishnavas. What a, what a wonderful example. Young girl, just in her 20s. Yes? Um, it would seem though, you know, big thing that everyone has, has the machine guns, and that, you know, she tried to protect someone, certainly she would have been shot. There wasn't really much of a chance of her to protect anyone. And then she gave her life, and she was such a wonderful preacher to be preaching for the next 50 years that she, so I'm just trying to. Well, she's not thinking that I'm risking my life or I'm gonna get shot. She's not even thinking like that. She's just acting out of love. You know, when you act out of love, what we call spontaneous, it's not something you meditate on and think, well, should I not say, maybe he'll shoot me. It's not like that. You just, how dare you? harmed the devotees. So I think that 
And we were thinking, well, if she didn't leave, she could have done so much more preaching. So it was a great loss. Maybe it was a loss for us, but for her, it was a benediction to go back home, back to Godhead. We also feel it was a great loss that Jayananda left. It was a great loss that Vishnu John Maharaj left. Whenever a devotee leaves the planet, and the planet is bereft of that Vaishnava, it's a great loss. Because <laughs> are still here. But it's a great benediction for those devotees to, they're now free from their cycle of repeated birth and death and go back home, back to Godhead. And I remember, yeah, exactly. I remember <laughs> at the Tirubhav of, um, of uh, Gauravinda Maharaj, there were many glorifications, but one of the glorifications that stood out in my mind was what Ram Bhattra said from New York. And he said that this, this is the 100th uh, anniversary celebration of the birth of Srila Prabhupada. We're all glorifying Srila Prabhupada. But Gorgovinda Maharaj gave the greatest glorification and the greatest gift, because we're all giving gifts. He went back home, back to Godhead. That's the greatest gift you can give to your spiritual master. You went back home, back to Godhead. We're still here. So, it's, you know, that is the greatest gift we can give to our spiritual master. That's the greatest mercy that we can get from the Lord is to get out of this entanglement of go back home, back to Godhead. And of course, we have tunnel vision. We only see one way. We don't see the whole big picture. So in order to see, because we don't see the big picture, that's why we do have doubts. Because we can't see what the Lord can see. <clears throat> so that means faith has, has to come in and say, okay, I can't see the big picture. But the Lord can, and I have complete faith and trust that he knows what's best, and what's best is what's going to happen. So that's just what Shraddha is all about. There's different kinds of faith. There's blind faith, and there's faith based on realization and understanding. That's called Shraddha. Blind faith is Andavishwas. I have faith, but I don't know why. I don't really understand why. But if we have blind faith, we can't really be a leader. We can't blindly lead others if I have blind faith. But when we have sure that actual faith based on realization, based on experience, based on divine love, surrender to our Ishtadev and to the Parampara, our spiritual master, then we can be a leader. So, Faith means that the demons of doubts are completely slain. slain. So we just have to develop that. We, we want to exhibit that so that words can see that we're faithful and that the doubts have disappeared, that we have complete confidence that he will protect us. And this is what he says in 1866, don't have any doubts. Don't worry. That means trust me. So he's at, the Lord's asking us to trust him. And I know, as I remarked in the past, we've had so many millions of births, and in all those births, we've been stabbed in the back, our hearts been broken, we've been cheated to, cheated, lied to, 
We've been harmed in so many ways that it's very difficult to trust anybody, not even God. <clears throat> but by chanting the Mahamantra, we can overcome the, the conditioning of millions of births and finally slay the demons of doubt and have faith that you know, whatever happened was meant to happen and it's, glorif it's glorified. So Ladini was glorified by her activity and we shouldn't think, oh, he didn't save her. In other words, <laughs> finding some fault. So we don't want to find the fault because there is no fault in the devotional service of the pastime between the Lord and his devotee. There is no fault. The demons receive fault, but the devotees don't see a fault because they have complete faith that everything is perfect and complete and meant to be, and it wasn't meant to be that way, to glorify and to set examples for future generations. So when we have the case of Hwadini, since you mentioned her, and Chayananda, <clears throat> we, 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 we don't, we don't no longer have the excuse to say, well, in the Shastra, these are great souls, you know, we're not at that level, but now we see amongst our own contemporaries the same level of dedication and commitment. So we have no more excuses to say, well, you know, I can't really do that, I'm just an American, you know. We have to come to the highest standard. No loopholes. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, in case, that's why she was in December and I thought she was the one that was shot that she was going to be Yeah. Yeah, some escaped. And most were shot, including her. And in fact, before the whole thing happened, this is all in the book about That's another group. Sacrifice is that she's been glorified now in this book, you know, she's a great example. It was correspondent between her and Bob Kirk this morning. It was telling her to get out of there. And she replied, No, I cannot leave you. I'm sorry, Maharaj. <laughs> so that example of like, seeking by other people is there, you know, to the end. Risking your own life <clears throat> to help others. Yeah. Yeah. People funny because they were helping uh, the people with food for life. Yeah. <laughs> and then he dared to suggest that Prince Johnson had used to cease and desist his murderous way of killing his pawn. And that he couldn't tolerate that. So then, you know, they came. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Uh, nothing good. I think, it, I think he was murdered. He was murdered. I believe. Yeah. He had his just desserts. Anyway, so the conclusion is that the real protection is that we go back home, back to Godhead, that we're protected from taking birth again and again and again and again and again, because that's our past, that's our history. 
It's not that if I take birth, it's going to be one more time. There's no guarantee one more time or two more times. So therefore, we need to go back home, back to God in this very life. Because this is the best opportunity to go back home, back to God that we ever had in millions of births and that we ever will have in a million more births. Because this is when Lord Chaitanya's prophecy was fulfilled by the general Sampati Bhakta who came to deliver us. And if we can't actually go back home, back to Godhead, and Papa was right here, we'll want to speak of How are we going to do it when he's not here generations later? So this is the best opportunity we ever had. So we should take advantage of it. Because we don't know what's going to happen in the future, what direction Iskand is going to take. You can already see, just as the Ganga has many tributaries, Iskand now has many tributaries or branches. Yes? Um, I had direct experience with Masika when I was about 20, 23 years old. I remember feeling like I was cultivating a relationship with God and it was becoming very real in my life. But I came I came to a crossroads where I knew that if I wanted God to reciprocate in the way that I wanted him to, that I needed to let go of any doubts. And I was placed in a position where it was very challenging for me to do that. And when I did that, I experienced a level of reciprocation that I never experienced. So I can I can truly say that what you're saying is true. And also, you know, you speak of this particular devotee who gave her life. Um, I, I think of a book that I was reading, ironically, on a plane. Um, it was called uh, Jesus Freaks, and it was all about these great martyrs that gave their life for the, for the mission, you know? And, and also, I remember thinking that as I was reading this book, I was thinking that these people had unflinching faith in God. And not, not only that, that they had the highest love. They were tasting something that the the regular, the typical believer was not tasting, was not relishing. And I was extremely emotional as I was reading this book. I was just crying on a plane. I remember this like feeling like this feeling that I just could not describe. I was like, whoa, what's going on? But all I could feel was just so much emotion because I knew that these people were giving their lives for something beyond me. Let's see. And you want to follow in your footsteps, right? I don't know. To I dedicate mean, your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's kind of. That's that, why you came here. Yeah, I mean, I, even before I came here, mm-hmm. I, I dropped everything and I ran to the church. So mm-hmm. this is this is not the beginning. I did this a long time ago. Yeah. But I've had even greater realizations. But I, I guess what I want to say is that when Jesus says that there is no greater love than one who lays down his life mm-hmm. for his brother, I, I see that happening in this particular scenario that you guys are describing. Right. And it's a very selfish love. It's not a self it's not a selfish love. Like you mentioned, it's not like the person's thinking, well what's in it for me? They're just thinking about the other person. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this is a very high, highly advanced person. And of course, they're gonna be benefited for that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, so thank you for sharing your direct realization. Because we, this is the meaning of shraddha. Just to expand on what I said earlier, 
We need to see the hand of God in our life. That's what realization is, that we can see God's hand in our life. And if we don't see that, then we only have unbelief, blind faith. So we really need to see the hand of God in our life. And if we're not seeing the hand of God in our life, we need to start thinking, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not seeing the Lord's hand in my life? So, Prahlad Maharaj, he was seeing the hand of the Lord in his life. The most trying situations. So, the difficulties that we have are nothing compared to the difficulties Prahlad Maharaj had. And then we see his true behavior. I don't, I don't need any benediction for me. Just better to give your benediction to these fools and rascals who are following my father and have no understanding of who you are. So a thought just came to me. We might even consider that Bhagdini is like Prahlad Maharaj for us in our, you know, assembly of Vaishnavas willing to give her life for her Lord, to protect the others, not really considering what's in it for her, what's her benefit. But how dare you harm the devotees of the Lord? So she had such great faith and love in the devotees and respect and honor for the devotees. And she's willing to lay down her life for the devotees. What to speak of laying down her life for God? She was doing it even just for the devotees. Very dedicated, very sincere, very pure-hearted, wonderful person. I never met her. I never knew her. Yeah. I'm just curious if her guru asked her to leave. We didn't ask. He told. I thought she might help us. No, her guru was here to help her. Oh, okay. And, and she was in John. This is around 1990, and she was, you know, part of the whole thing with the robes and the ladies setting out and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then she came and she renounced. Yeah, she renounced the Islam. And she joined Bhakti Kirit Islam uh, in, in Africa. And that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to assist someone who was fallen to the Falcon, Bhakti Kirit Islam. And uh, that's what she chose to help. And yeah, I remember finding the day. I knew her in like 1970. Oh, you did? Yeah, I knew. I mean, when she was still married to Mahana. She was totally, she was a Jagannath Bhakta. Mm-hmm. Totally Jagannath Bhakta. And, and she was different. You know, the look in her eyes uh, and the smile that came from her was out of love for Lord Jagannath. She, she just, you know, never doubt in the whole saga, never doubt in she just, she just took shelter of Lord Jagannath. That's, that was her all in all. Legacy of love. Okay. Do you have any mistakes? No. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's probably on Amazon. Yeah. It's a good book. Yeah. So she was always very advanced. She went through hell. But since she eventually left, 